You're listening to Commissioning Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Broadcast Intelligence. Hi, and welcome to Commissioning Conversations. I'm Alice Redman. And I'm Lizzie McDonald. And we are both reporters and researchers for the Commissioner Index. This week, we are talking all things crime, true crime documentary to be exact. Yep. Listen up as we discuss all the fascinating findings from our true crime panel last week, which featured Dan Lowe from Channel 5, Diana Carter from A&E, and Winona Marangolo from Discovery. So, hi Lizzie. Hi Alice. (laughs) This week you hosted your first ever panel and absolutely smashed it. How did you find it? I really enjoyed it. I mean, I was super nervous before and of course but the commissioners were really cool and they're also very informative and they answered each question thoroughly so that was a big help and I think anyone who um, watched it would have a really good idea of what each of them are after. For sure so before we discuss some of the true crime remits let's discuss our green lights of the week. So my green light of the week is American Ninja Warriors Junior by Peacock. (laughs) I was just scrolling through the PR and I saw it and I was like, this is actually everything that seven-year-old me would do anything and everything to be on. Um, It just reminds me of all the shows that we had when we were younger, like 50-50, that you're like, oh, I wish I could do the obstacle course. So yeah, um, it's actually season three is actually on Peacock. It used to um, air on Universal. So yeah, I feel like that's going to be a very cool and fun show. Mm. It's really interesting because it ties in with like this whole moving of content thing that Peacock seems to be doing with like NBC yeah. and Universal Kids shows and making spin-offs of things that were on Bravo originally and it's right. all becoming this big like NBC universe and like content can go wherever which we've seen a lot across a lot of streamers and their yeah, linear cool. counterparts. Yeah, um, so my green light of the week actually hails from the mighty combination of Darren Star and Netflix. So the brains behind everyone's problematic fave last year in lockdown, Emily in Paris, is teaming up again with Netflix. Um, and this time he is making a series called Uncoupled, which centers on Michael, who thought his life was perfect until his husband blindsided him by walking out the door after 17 years. Overnight, Michael has to confront two nightmares, losing what he thought was his soulmate and suddenly finding himself a single gay man in his mid-40s in New York City. And I just, I find it really interesting, um, that concept, but he's also writing it and exec producing it with Jeffrey Richmond, who is a modern family producer. And I think they are actually together as well in real life. They're a couple. So I think that's going to be really interesting. It's also the first program coming out of the Netflix comedy department that um, Tracy Pacosta, formerly of NBC, has had her name linked to. So obviously we know that when we're discussing Netflix green lights, that there's a big team. They, Netflix, when they do their press releases, they don't tend to say, you know, Tracy Pacosta's commissioned this. But she had a with the press release, she had a comment talking about, you know, working with Darren again and all of this after Emily in Paris. So um, I'm going to say this is her first her first commission in the new role. So yeah, and she obviously Tracy Picosta has an amazing portfolio of stuff that she did at NBC, you know, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, This Is Us, you know, lots of really like defining shows. So I'm excited to see 
what her as a commissioner on this show brings to the table and also I'm just like to see more from Darren Starr because he also created everyone's original problematic fave Carrie Bradshaw and Sex and the City if I could have looked up to anyone more as a child it would have been <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw um probably why I wanted to be a journalist um <laughs> I mean I'm not quite writing four dollars a word for Vogue but you know we're living the dream I've actually never seen Sex and the Sea. I've never watched an episode. I've watched, I think I've watched the second movie. I just just didn't care. (laughs) That's so brutal, but I love it. It's dated. Like, watching it back now, there's things that are like, "Mm, really? No. (laughs) How did did you get away with it? (laughs) Some of the things you're like, oh, what? What? But um, I think. It's like one of those things where it's just nostalgic for me because I remember yeah. being like a kid and it being something like, that I wasn't I really, be me. Allowed, I really wasn't yeah. allowed to watch because it was called Sex in the City and like, you know, scandal. And uh, yeah, so very here for this new series from Darren Star. Yeah, that sounds like a very good show, actually. And I know it's going to be funny because if someone created Modern Family and had a hand in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I love those shows. Yeah, this has to be. There's Something a strong catalogue behind these people and I feel yeah. like maybe they could avoid some of the blunders and the criticisms that Emily mm. and Paris faced. Um, mm. Another it, show I haven't seen. Well, it was interesting. It was very fluffy and very light, but it had a lot of mm. issues with its portrayal of like Paris and French people. Okay. It was a very... Yeah, I did hear that, yeah. It was quite a whitewashed version of Paris as well. And I think, mm. you know, if they're taking that kind of thing on board with this new series I think you know the world is their oyster so mm-hmm. you live and you learn <laughs> indeed so now on to true crime we had three amazing speakers at our true crime event last week Dan Lowe from Channel 5, Dana Carter from A&E and Renona Merengolo from Discovery Yep, it was really nice to hone in on a genre and really hear all of the interesting things that are going on at each of their channels so let's take a listen but I'm just going to ask each of the commissioners to briefly describe your channel's true crime identity and what you intend to offer um, your demographic. So, Diana, we'll start with you. Oh, God, first. Okay. <laughs> um, we are, I we're 15 this June in terms oh, wow. of age, which is quite an achievement here in the UK. And uh, I think, you know, we, we love and are very passionate about our brand. You know, we take it really seriously as I think the audience do to this genre as well. We are ultimately at A&E across the portfolio board at A&E, but, you know, um, certainly for true crime, we're storytellers, uh, which is what we're seeking to be. And, you know, we want unique stories or we want to tell them uniquely. And they have to be authentic and they have to be everywhere because our viewers are everywhere on, on, yeah. across all the platforms and they like their content the way they like it and how they like it. So we appreciate that. Um, and um, we want to unpack those fascinating stories and do right by yeah, the cast of those stories. So I think um, it's, a, it's a genre we're incredibly passionate about, I think, really. A nice one. And Dan? Well, I think the demographic of the channel has changed quite a lot in the last year or so. Uh, well, the last two years, the last 10 years, but certainly in the last year or so, we've expanded our um, 
profile for almost all the demographics. Uh, we uh, have a younger, we have a more upmarket audience than we did probably a year or so ago. Uh, we have an, an audience that's probably sort of skews a, a bit more sort of female than male. And those demographics specifically love true crime. I think one of the things that sort of has happened is, is the kind of quality of our output generally has kind of gone up. And, and as we've sort of increased budgets in certain areas, um, the approach to true crime has completely changed. Previously, it was something that we used to really do as a sort of 10 o'clock anthology thing. We used to sort of jam three or four stories together and there would be stories with a sort of heavily moralistic element to them, Britain's most evil, this, that or the other. Mm. Now we do something that's a lot more blue chip. Um, now we do something that's a lot more complex and we can't really act as though our audience hasn't seen A&E, Netflix or Discovery Plus. We have to sure. basically incorporate those everything everyone else is doing really well, we've had to try and find our way of doing it. And I think in the last year or so, and in the next year or so, um, you know, I think we're, we're launching some exciting, new, interesting stuff. Great, great. And Winona? So, so it's interesting because we have a confluence of a, a, a couple of things going on right now. We have ID Linear that's been around for 12 years and and that's been super serving, you know, the crime audience that's, um, you know, 24-7 and has been skewing, I would say, female. Um, and then we have Discovery Plus that's just launched this year, right? Um, and that's an audience that, that also is very, very passionate about true crime. Okay. So, you know, the focus is on high quality, distinctive, brand defining co content. You know, I, I think we've all seen that audiences want daring, premium, provocative, inventive programming. And that's across, you know, any portfolio, you know, that any one of us are talking about here uh, across, you know, linear podcasts, streamers. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we've really noticed when it comes to a true crime audience is they want to engage, they want emotionally immersive content. And we really want to make sure that we're sensitive to the victims, to the contributors that are participating in our program. So that's something that we're very, very um, attentive to with, with all of our content. Great. So um, what does well for your channels and what are you looking to commission for the rest of 2021 and then looking towards 2022? I'll start with you again, Diana. Um, what does well? I mean, historically, I think mm -hmm. um, our, our viewers really appreciate a, a, a classic armchair detective whodunit yeah. with a dead body. Uh, at the end of it and a perpetrator in jail um, and that kind of linear sort of narrative has always served us really well but I think we also have a kind of uh, passionate duty to that viewer and to our brand as well to kind of explore all the corners of true crime and sometimes that can mean um, uh, appealing for a narrative which tells a story in a different way and it might not be a massive ratings winner, but it's important to the brand to really kind of explore all the areas in that genre because there are so many. So I think we're open-minded as to, you know, the storytelling and, and the kind of pictures and formats that we can entertain. It often comes up to what else, you know, we've got, you know, content-wise to complement or contrast um, the stories we're trying to tell. Um, 
and so really quite annoyingly actually as a portfolio we don't have we often get approached for our brief and we don't really have one um it really does depend on what where our kind of focus is at that given time i mean the plus side of that is that we're open to every conversation and that's a genuine statement you know if you if any producer of any kind of scale has a has a passion and an authenticity but you know and a true crime idea we're absolutely um waiting to hear it so we don't have any specific needs once it's true crime Mm-hmm. Um, it's close contact interviewing to an owner's point you know we don't really have you know we don't want the person who heard about it we want the person who lived through that experience and that's really important because we you know we have a duty of care to tell that story really well and we want to speak to the people who it's been impacted or who have been mm-hmm. impacted by it so I think there are various sort of brand filters would apply to any format like like you know all of us um but no specific ones but but true crime and authentic stories told in a really interesting and provocative to use your word when in a you know way i think that's really key great and how about you dan well i think there's broadly sort of two main categories as to stuff that we're looking for because this is the stuff that we've noticed tends to do well there's the kind of slightly more traditional well-known stories where the audience has got an unresolved issue where they never quite figured out who did it, what really happened there. Um, I think good example, and those are stories that we'll tell again when there's a, when there's a new uh, twist or take on it. Um, the Disappearance of Shannon Matthews, we, we did recently, that was the highest rated factual launch on My5 that we've ever had by quite a long way. It did sort of about 2.5 million average over the course of two nights and was a, a, just enormous, enormous both on linear TV and uh, and on my five. Uh, the Lost Boy, the Killing of James Bulger, also did a huge, um, uh, massive business. And those would be examples of stories that the audience kind of knows, but still feels like they kind of want more answers to. And when we're in, when we can provide those answers or ask some different questions, um, we're always interested in doing that. There's a few sort of stories that are tended to be a little bit further down the chain that aren't don't loom quite as large in the audience's mind. Um, where uh, people have tuned in for them. The, we did the Susie Lamplew uh, murder back in December, did really well, really interesting new take uh, and interesting new evidence that made it into the, into the sort of news sections of the newspapers. Um, so I, I think those kind of well-known stories with a new uh, hypothesis or take, we're interested in them. But then I think, like Diana says, we're always also interested in stories that really, really put the viewer in the middle of it and the chance. Stories they don't necessarily know, but which they feel like they can solve. There's a body on the ground and there's a load of clues lying around them and they can argue the toss with their friends. Things like murder in a small town, which isn't a particularly well-known story, but it was the yeah. kind of possibly the wrongful uh, conviction of Luke Mitchell. That did really well. Uh, th- two years ago, the disappearance of Charlene Downs did an example of that. The audience really got to play detective on that. And we've got quite a lot more of that stuff coming up. So that's an area we're moving into more and more and more. But those stories, when I get pitched something like that, an unknown story with a good take for the audience to really get their teeth into, you know, you know it straight away. And, and yeah. Great. And Winona. Uh, we're looking for, uh, well, several, several attributes uh, when it comes to storytelling. We're looking for multi-layered crimes that expand beyond murder. Of course, you know, sadly, murder happens to be the highest stakes when it comes to storytelling. But, you know, one of the misconceptions when it comes to true crime on Discovery Plus and ID is that we only do 
uh, we only cover murder stories and that's not the case anymore and it hasn't been for quite some time. Um, we're looking for, we still need compelling, high stakes, complex stories, um, you know, so that we can really unpack them over the course of, you know, whether it's an hour or, you know, multiple hours. Um, you know, we, we need all those twists and turns and red herrings and all that good stuff. Um, we're really looking for interesting, um, you know, uh, unique characters, whereas before maybe, you know, it was a detective that would lead you through and it was from the case files. Now um, we, we have, a, a, I would say, a di very distinctive characters. And, you know, we have one that, that is in a clip coming up. Um, it, you know, maybe it's more of a cautionary tale uh, that, that we're going to explore. Um, uh, immersive stories um, that, you know, will will take the audience um, through a case, whether it's via access or archive or a unique point of view. Um, we're really looking for stories that have a sense of urgency, immediacy, newsworthiness um, that, you know, capture the zeitgeist in some way. Um, and that all of these can be via either, you know, returnable series, whether they're arced or close ended or limited series or event programs. It, you know, it's really that the creative dictates, um, you know, the best form of storytelling for us. Amazing. You know, I'm a big true crime fan. I'm excited about all the potential documentaries, the ideas that are in the minds of the CI subscribers that are just waiting to be pitched to Dan, Diana and Winona. So yeah, that was a snippet of our true crime event, which was a Commissioner Index members only event. So Lizzie hosted the panel and then afterwards we offered one to one meetings with each of the commissioners. Yeah, so if you're interested in joining us at one of our future events, uh, becoming a member of Commissioner Index or want to join the podcast, we would love to speak to you. So drop us a line at info at broadcastintel.com or you can just speak to one of us. We are first name, last name at broadcastnow.co.uk. Yep, and we are back on a weekly basis. So we'll see you next Tuesday with more. But until then, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Commissioning Conversations. We'll be releasing new episodes every other week and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube and at broadcastintel.com.